Steiner to read a poem by Dante Gabriel Rossetti about Keats, which also quotes the epitaph in sort of interesting way that, that I think Keats might have enjoyed. Uh, and is this you included this in your anthology of Pre-Raphaelite poems? I did because one of the things I noticed when I was compiling this anthology is how many of the Pre-Raphaelite poets had a poem about John Keats. Mm. And I, I wanted to include it on that basis, really. Okay. Take it away, Diana. John Keats by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. The weltering London ways where children weep and girls whom none call maidens laugh. Strange road miring his outward steps who inly trode that bright Castalian brink and Latmos steep. Even such as life's cross paths, till deathly deep he toiled through sands of Lethe and long pain, weary with labour spurned and love found vain, in dead Rome's sheltering shadow wrapped his sleep. O pang-dowered poet, whose reverberant lips and heart-strung lyre awoke the moon's eclipse, Thou whom the daisies glory in growing o'er, their fragrance clings around thy name, not writ, but rumoured in water, while the fame of it, a long time's flood, goes echoing evermore. I like that, not writ, but rumoured in. It's, it feels sort of nicely, slightly cockney, slangy, um, as though sort of people are starting to not just whisper it, but sort of gossip about him in a sort of rather <laughs> nice way. You can imagine all the pre-Raphaelites going, oh, that Keats, he's, he's, he's a boy. I like all the um, the rhymes, the the sense that the, the rumor, the gossip is actually being is being kind of echoed there, uh, in the sl slightly er uh, evermore, which is a sort of I think uh, Keats would have quite enjoyed that. But um, the it's the a bit poish too. It's definitely Poe. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, because uh, Dante Gabrielsetti loves Poe. Okay. So if you don't hear Nevermore Never at the end of that, I mean, I think. It's it's kind of it's weirdly comical and on, on yeah. sadly unintentionally so probably. Yes, reverberant lips, moon's eclipse. That's sort of um, that's almost Spandau ballet. That's. I also really enjoy girls whom none call maidens laugh. Well, that's a very strange line, isn't it? I was trying to read that, and girls whom none call maidens laugh. Strange road, my. It's almost sort of goes yeah. Strange yeah. road, admiring his outwards, but it's also sort of really odd. It's 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 great. Yeah, it's 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 just really interesting. I like the synesthesia at the end as well, where we move, we move from the fragrance of daisies, so kind of smell, but then it clings around thy name, not writ, but rumored in water, but it is written, but it's not. Mm. What? Well, the fame of it, a long time's flood goes echoing every, you know, does, does fame echo? Now we're into hearing. So we're, we've mm. kind of moved from smelling to seeing to hearing. It's, it's, it's really strange kind of mix of, of senses and there's a rather extraordinary I mean I do think oh Pang Dowered poet yes Pang Dowered, Pang -dowered. he's sort of married well he's marriageable but if I, I'm going to get with you <laughs> you're pretty pangful yeah and reverberant lips yeah goodness me but it's, I, I, I think this is all deliberate mm. so uh, deliberate badness is a, is a pre-Raphaelite specialty and definitely a down to Gabriel specialty and I can prove it I, I think Dante Gabriel really loved kind of slangy urban yeah, Keats. Keats yeah and he says he writes in my very earliest days of rhyming I was rather proud to be as cockney as Keats could be yeah so he's and I like it too because that's almost cocky <laughs> as cocky as Keats could be as cockney as as Keats could be 
and yeah i mean it's that linus you're quite right thou thou whom the daisies glory in growing up i mean you can give that the full <laughs> danny dyer can't you and i found another really interesting verse of 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 dante gabriel's about the grave mm. which he dredged up in a letter to his brother years after he'd written it oh. so here it was just a little fragment that he'd written i think i, I assume you know maybe in his late teens early 20s through one years since damned and forgot who stabbed backs by the quarter here lieth the one who while time's stream still runs as god hath laughter bearing man's fame to men hath writ his name upon the water and then he says well the rhyme is not so bad as keats's yeah <laughs> so it's around the water so we got forgot quarter stream laughter writ water here lies one whose name is written laughter. <laughs> I think Keats would have enjoyed that. Which has also quarter. Quarter, water. Oh, quarter. <laughs> I don't know why. Quarter. He's suddenly doing some New York thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. But it reminds me of those wonderful romantic studies that came out about, I think, was it Wordsworth, where they worked out that actually things that were bad rhymes or didn't rhyme or stupid dumb rhymes. And then it actually turned out that if you said it in the regional accent, you know, the, the rhymes were good as gold. And it was just about people being snooty and ignorant. Yeah, there's all that stuff about. Um... Yeah, that reminds me of. It reminds me of this. It's an appendix to um, Betty Asquith's biography of Keats, 1941, which has this wonderful appendix. Did Keats have a Cockney accent? Forlorn, even forlorn is interesting. And when Keats in, it, iterates it, forlorn, the very word is like a bell. It might be thought to, to assume importance, indeed, an almost dangerous importance. Oh, God. Did Keats so sound the word? Forlorn. And if he did, is not the verse thinner in tone? Blimey. It is hateful to think that he sounded the words exaltation and exalt as he spells them. That he pronounced Ariel as Ariel. Ariel. And Horizon as though it rhymed with Morrison. <laughs> Horizon that he alters open to hopen and writes ear for here and here here for ear. Interesting to speculate whether he habitually said Forster for Foster and vaulted for vaulted. It goes on like this. Here we go. In fact, the question when raised seems to crumble on exact evidence. Few. And we have no proof either way. Though it does seem hardly likely that a man who had a precise theory of vowel sounds and the beauty of whose poetry largely depends on them, should have spoken with an accent that materially deforms them. Nice. My dad lives. Right, on that note. <laughs> Please tell me that woman wasn't a teacher. <laughs> Be and Betty Asquith. I mean, really, Betty. Ooh, Betty. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Keats Shelley House and the Keats Shelley Memorial Association. You can find out more about the Keats Shelley House, including our history, collections and Keats Shelley 200 Bicentenary at ksh.roma.it. For news about 2021's Keats Shelley and Young Romantics Poetry and Essay Prizes, visit keatsshelley.org and click Prizes. To support the museum by becoming a friend or making a donation, 
stay at keatshelley.org and click support us. This episode was written and presented by James Kidd. The music is Androids Always Escape by Chris Zabriskie. Visit chriszabriskie.com. <laughs>